Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business and Vancouver Newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Kirk LaPointe, the Editor-in-Chief. BC is the largest jurisdiction in North America without Uber, Lyft, and other ride-hailing companies. It's says it's going to entertain applications only later this year from those firms, and we might not see them, if at all, uh, until about nineteen, until about uh, 2020 or so. Um, this week, the province moved somewhat ahead on the issue by sanctioning a locally created smartphone app, Cater, which will have 140 taxis and spread the technology, presumably, to existing cabs. What is clear, though, is that the move attempts to ease the disruptive impact of ride-hailing on the incumbent business. And it raises questions about whether this is actually uh, something that is customer-friendly. To discuss this development and what might lie ahead, I've I've invited Ian Tostenson to join us. Now, Ian wears two interesting hats. He's the president of the BC Restaurant and Food Association, which hears all the time from customers about how challenging it is to get a taxi in our city. Hmm. And he leads a business organization called Ride Sharing Now for BC. Nice to have you with us, Ian. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's a pleasure, Kirk. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, well, what did you make of this week's announcement about uh, Cater? You know, I just just really am. Uh, I'm al- I, disheartened. I'm confused. I'm almost delusioned by this whole process. <laughs> uh, as you pointed out at the beginning of this, Kirk, um, we're the only we're the largest city in North America that does not have true ride sharing, and uh, you know it seems that. Even with the Liberals, um, I, you know, they, they dragged their feet. Now the NDP is dragging their feet, and we know why they're dragging their feet because it's around the politics of the taxi industry, mm-hmm. and we can't seem to penetrate the thinking of the government because, frankly, and I and I don't criticize them for this, but they're scared. I mean, the the, the theory is, or the reality is, that they lost, they won a couple of seats in Surrey over the issue of, of ride hailing, ride sharing. Mm-hmm. in in Surrey and and that swung the election and they're being and I would be too they're being very cautious about that that those constituents and so they're they're playing this through slowly they're playing it through advantage first to the taxi industry or the taxi owners frankly and so now we have this uh, 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 announcement of cater and you know it's really interesting Kirk because about a year and a half ago I was a big proponent of cater their original model was they would drive your car for you so that That's they would right. come to your house. That's and, right, yeah. yeah. And actually, my son and I do Santa Claus at Christmas time. We use them as a great service. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of insider baseball on this one too. Um, and so they were able to convince the government and the passenger transportation uh, authority to to run the app and their technology. So it's a good company. It's a local company. But uh, how they can sort of uh, – to sort of – Get in first. I know why they're getting in first because they're going to do all the. Um, they, they're going to uh, comply with all the regulations that the uh, current taxi industry has. And my fear is is that this test for six months, the government's going to come out and say, "See, we had a made in BC solution, and they uh, used all the taxi rules, and which don't work, by the way, for companies like Lyft and Uber." And it worked fine. So we don't need them and we'll just carry on. And I'm afraid that that could win the war for the taxi industry in BC. Does, is it possible, do you think, to simply improve the taxi business and not necessarily have to let Uber and Lyft in? Or, or are they so dramatically apart that, that you just can't make one look like the other? Well, I think inherent in this, uh, and, and you know, for the listeners, 
there's a couple of problems. Number one, everything's ruled by this passenger transportation uh, board. And so they regulate the number of cabs, they regulate the fares, and also where the cabs can operate. So that's the current model. So if you are a taxi driver in Vancouver and you take a fare to, say, Port Coquitlam, you, you you come back empty. Conversely, in, in true ride sharing, um, the, that ride from Vancouver to Port Coquitlam, uh, the driver could pick a, another ride up and, and move throughout the region. So there's no restrictions. So I think unless um, so that's if they change that, that would be great. But then if you talk to, the, to a taxi driver, he'll say they don't want that because everybody on a Friday and Saturday night, if you did not have boundaries, they're all going to be parked in Vancouver. Yeah, uh, where all, all the businesses, and yeah, then you have problems in the suburbs. Yeah, they're all going to be picking people up on Granville and bringing them back to Port Moody. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I think um, uh, so they don't want that, um, and ride, ride true ride sharing needs that. So true mm-hmm. ride sharing w- works on the basis of um, there's no boundaries, and they're mainly part-time qualified safe drivers. And they are sometimes students or, you know, people just going to work and just kind of log on to the system, pick up a ride and and make a few bucks and then go off the system again. When the system is in high demand, it, you know, you'll get, it'll flood the market immediately with, with people that sign on to the system and go do ride sharing. And then when it's finished, they're off the system. Whereas taxis, um, they have a shift. So I talked to a taxi driver about a month ago, and he said that he, he started at, they were brutal hours, these guys, right? Yes. It was like seven in the morning till seven at night or something. And, but he said, if I, and I didn't understand this. So I said, well, tell me about this whole shift uh, problem. I said, sometimes if I try to get a cab from Vancouver back to the North Shore, uh, there's a shift change. And he said, well, it's a real issue because if I don't get the car back on shift change, I'll get a penalty. And he yes. said, I can't afford that. That's right. So he, and he'll decline a fare. Like, a, a, yeah, they'll, they'll decline so, a fare toward the end of their shift. I've, I've had it happen yeah. all the time. Yeah. So see you later. And I understand that. And it's yes. not his fault. And then the other thing is he said, and I didn't understand this. Well, I didn't, I didn't know this. He said, if I make enough money uh, today and I'm only happy to make a shift, I'll go park the car. I don't care. I just have enough money. And I'm yeah. thinking that's a problem too. Right. And, and yeah. I'm not faulting them. I'm just saying is that he might be tired. He's got enough money. And so now one of the, uh, there's a cab that's off the road that's not being utilized. So uh, it can't. Your your question was, can it be modernized? I think to an extent. Mm-hmm. I think some of the taxis do a pretty decent job. I mean, uh, I've had some great taxi drivers in the last month, and I, it almost like it took a customer service um, course. Uh, but the, the problem is not so much that. The problem is getting access. Is yeah. that we want to go now? You you, you want to listen to your the music you want now we're an instant society and we're not used to standing there for 20 minutes one hour or two hours waiting for something that is so important in our lives is transportation yeah i mean i will say that the last few cabs i've taken um i have been impressed and mainly mm-hmm. it's just because the base the baseline is not great to begin with but uh, but the fact is yeah. that i've been impressed with the improvements um, I've been yeah. told how quickly my cab will be there. It is there. I get a call when it starts arriving. You know, if I go downstairs, I'm, you know, it, like all of these types of things that I know ride hailing provides elsewhere in, in the province. And, and I'm, I'm sure you find this, that the, the taxi drivers themselves take this quite personally. I mean, it's, it's, they feel it's a, it's almost a personal attack on them when really it's, it's the system 
um, that yeah. that is that is the issue, and not so much them. Because I th- I agree with you. I think there are some fabulous taxi drivers in our community, and and it's a hard scrabble business. I mean, you know, the the people that own these licenses are carrying around a lot of debt. I mean, uh, and uh, yeah. trying to make this all work, and the drivers themselves, you know, are are often run into the ground. Uh, how tired they are. That being said, is, is there is you know is is this move a gesture? Do you think? to ensure the sustainability of the incumbent industry and mm. and and is it going to is it actually going to set a, a kind of a permanent benchmark in the kind of service that we would get or, or is it the kind of thing where uber and lyft will say oh, you know this is just a bit of a ridiculous situation we're not going to go in and and then the taxi business kind of takes us foot off the gas no pun intended yeah yeah i i think you're right i think um what what could happen? It could be um, one of the outcomes could be the opposite of what I said. You're right. Is that it, it doesn't work? They you know they made some pretty bold promises. They said we'll be there within five or ten minutes. Five minutes, yeah. Um, yeah. So the the, the, the the first fare that's at ten minutes, the, the system's going to fail, right? So maybe the, then what's going to happen is the the, the public eighty five percent want ride. They don't want this. I mean the, the poll that uh, was done on CKNW. Um, people are just like, we don't want this. We're not going. We want true ride sharing. But let's say it fails. Maybe the government's got a reason to say, like, we've got to bring in a better, a different service here. Mm-hmm. If it, if it, if it goes all right, um, you know, and it might just do that. The problem I have is, okay, how do we get this now throughout the rest of British Columbia? So how's it going to deal with, you know, the Tri Cities, North Vancouver, and then when when I extend this into um, uh, into city Okanagan, how ride sharing would be so logical for the wine industry and oh, going yeah. from wineries. Yeah. We were up um, about a month ago. It was Burring Owl's 25th anniversary, which we were part of starting. And um, you just couldn't go anywhere because uh, at nighttime, because there's, there's, there is no taxis. I think there's one taxi guy. Yeah, yeah. But with ride, and, and you know, Kirk, what really upsets me more than anything else is that the safety, the, the issue here, and I don't know why the premier doesn't see this, but there's a big safety issue here. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and moving people. So we believe that we would get more uh, workers more easier uh, if they could live in the suburbs and have ride sharing to get into, into their uh, into their jobs, right? Well, and- well because the the ride hailing uh, drivers I've I've met um, over the years. I mean, this is not usually a principal income source for them. Uh, no, this, right. is, this, this is often a side hustle. And, um, and they log on, you know, after a day's work or they have a day off and they'll log on. Uh, and, and what I wonder about also, I mean, we have a very expensive city and people are looking for creative ways to earn some extra income to meet their rents mm-hmm. or, or, or their mortgage in some cases. Uh, does is it sustainable to keep excluding them um, when when really, you know, having a second gig is almost a necessity for a lot of people? Oh, it is. Um, an example of that, we were we went to Washington, D.C., which is fascinating. Um, we just we went about a year and a half ago. And we got into, it was an Uber uh, cab, and the driver, he's, he's kind of a cool guy. I, I sort of thought, well, you know, he's like he might be in the music business or something. And uh, he immediately struck up this conversation, and I said to him, um, so I, I made the assumption that he was a full-time Uber driver. He said, Hey, he said, I just do this part-time. I said, well, what else do you go? He goes, I'm an air traffic controller <laughs> at, at Andrews air force base. 
<laughs> and he said, I'm, and I'm mostly there when the president's flying in and out of Washington. And his family had had this whole history of uh, being in the, um, uh, his, I think his father was some consular from an African country. Yeah. It was his second gig. And yeah. he said, it just makes my life easier. So he's making, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month extra mm-hmm. and really enjoy it. Yeah. And part time. Well, so look, you're right. I mean, uh, uh, quite honestly, right, we're the demography of our community is such that you're going to also need older workers to have something to do. <laughs> and so, like, drive, <laughs> driving, driving Uber maybe, uh, or, or Lyft maybe the way to do it. Um, what I'm wondering about though is, is, um, the political pressure on this one, Ian, has been, yeah. has, I guess it's there. And yet, I don't think the liberals would credit uh, their plan for ride sharing as having helped them at all in the last election. And and no. to your point, there are a couple of Surrey ridings that I think they lost um, and they would attribute to the fact that there's a, a high concentration of friends and families um, directly or indirectly connected with the taxi business in those ridings that yes. cost Peter Fassbender and Amrik Burke their uh, their seats. So is this the kind of thing, is, is the move to cater something that you think might assuage enough people so that it isn't a political issue in our province? And is that part of the method and behind what seems to be some madness here with the, with the NDP's move? So you mean uh, they bring in cater, which makes it easier for them to bring in ride sharing? At the same time, so they, they set up the, the, the or, industry or the, for, or, or the alternative. They bring in cater. It does well enough. The yeah. the technology is good enough. Uh, the uh, the change in service is okay enough. Yeah. And and there's no longer this hue and cry, um, you know, for for, uh, for something that is more disruptive, like Uber and Lyft. I think I think the problem is going to be is is going to the, the two elements of supply of vehicles, where ride where ride sharing uh, is in direct response to the number of cars in the road is, is in direct response to the to consumer demand, whereas the taxi industry is uh, the, the the number of vehicles in the road is in direct determination by the passenger transportation board. So as long as you have that bureaucracy. That's making the determination that Vancouver should get another 150 cabs. It's not responding to anything that's real, whereas mm-hmm. ride sharing does. And I think that's always going to be the problem. Cater can have good technology. I think they have good technology. Um, and uh, I mean, the price is a price. I don't think we're too hung up about the price. I did see on their website that you can get different types of cars, which is what um, happens with Uber and Lyft. But the problem is, is that if we have five cruise ships come into Vancouver, there's still not going to be enough cater uh, cars at 150 in, in addition to what they're putting in yeah. uh, to handle that. That's mm-hmm. where I think we're going to continue to have public frustration. Second uh, point on that one is what about Surrey and, and Burnaby and Richmond and all these other municipalities? Uh, it's going to take cater, I think, a while to set up. But they're not going to have any supply unless the Passenger Transportation Board gives them more taxi licenses. And then the taxi drivers... Owners are going to get mad about that because every time they put a taxi on the road, it diminishes the value of the taxi license. So it's it's a real problem. Yeah, would would a would a better approach have been simply for um, for government to write a relatively big check to the taxi business and say this is an industrial adjustment plan? 
and uh, oh, totally. we're, we're get you know we're getting out of this uh, and here uh, we understand that you're you're the impact is pretty severe. Uh, it's like a it's like a sawmill closing down or a, or you know a, 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 an auto plant. Uh, we're going to give you some kind of adjustment to get you know to get your to get on with something else. I th- I would have I would have voted for that. Um, people would say, well, they didn't do it for newspapers, they didn't do it for media and all that stuff. I said, I, but it's a little. This is a little different because of the control that governments had on these licenses. Yeah, I would totally favor a buyout, a fair buyout to the tax industry, a one-time thing, and then let them move on. If they want to stay in, great. If they want to get out, then it's great. Um, I, you know, some of that valuation is to their own. I mean, they they cause their own problems. These taxi licenses aren't very expensive. I think they're a matter of a couple hundred bucks, actually, almost. Um, but they were trading within the private market for a million dollars at one yeah. point about five yeah. or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and and no, they didn't see that. What government do, didn't do that. You didn't do that. But the fact is, these are nice people. Um, they work really hard. They provide a service for our community. And I think I would really, really uh, favor an approach like that. I think it, it just really ties up. We could go on for years. You said it at the beginning here, Kurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see ride sharing anything even into 2020. It's going to be dragged and dragged and that. What you just suggested would perhaps kickstart the process for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Uber and Lyft are, um, are going to get litigious about this at some point, Ian? I haven't heard that. I, I think they would walk away before they uh, they, they did that. I know that um, they're both very concerned about their reputation with government. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, the, uh, Uber uh, in particular, they've um, they've gone through a lot as an organization, and they, sure. they they're really wanting to make sure they have good relations. I know Lyft is the same way. What I what I'm fascinated on this whole. Um, this, this, this whole technology, it is absolutely fascinating because it goes, it's the heart and soul of our, of our, I think our economy and it goes to the movement of goods, the movement of people and, uh, and the technology has got so much, so many applications and why we would want to leave out two companies that have so much depth and experience to be able to bring, uh, technology at like platforms like they have to our, our, our province Beyond ride sharing, I mean, no, there well, that's two. just it. Well, I mean, ride, ride hailing's like the first iteration, right? There, yeah, there, right. there are so many other things that these companies are posing in the way of yeah, uh, possibilities. Yeah, yeah, bikes, scooters, you name it. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, we're we're going to skip this whole chapter, Kirk, and just go to driverless cars. That'll be the next debate, right? <laughs> No, no, no. We're going, no, Ian, we're going directly to the Star Trek transporter. <laughs> that's what, our, that's exactly. what we're going through. We're skipping yeah. lots of phases. <laughs> we're waiting to, we're going to transport atoms <laughs> across. So there you go. Oh, I love it. Good to talk to you, Ian. Always good to have a chat. Thanks, Kirk. I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I suppose the listeners, if they want to go to ridesharingnow.com, uh, they can register their email address and their postal code, and it'll send a letter to the MLA to, to keep the pressure on. That would be very helpful. All right. Well, uh, keep hailing. Take care. Okay, buddy. <laughs> All right. Talk soon. Ian Tosteson, and that's our program here at BIB Today. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time. 